0: Good morning. How are you doing? I'm a newish staff member. My name's Trevor. It's nice to be with you this morning. It's a joke. Not many of you would get. I shaved off my beard. Um, our students are raising money for Haiti, and they got their first $1,000 towards their goal. So, off went the beard, which is great uh, for them. Yeah, you can give them a round of applause if you want. I think that's awesome. <clears throat> So I, I don't know, I'm guessing probably everybody in this room uh, had a styrofoam cup of dirt that you went home, you put a, a seed inside that dirt, and it popped up with this like little green shoot, and you were like, I did it! Like, you did what? Like you had no part of the process. You simply put a seed into like some soil, and then up comes this little shoot, and it's like, Amazing! Uh, and, and yet that is like the world's like most worthless project. It, it like goes home, it lands on your window seal, and there it sits until you finally end up putting it in the, the trash. It's like that's not what that seed was intended to do at, at all. And And at Calvary, our hope is this. We would love to give you seeds that you can take and plant in your heart. We want you to take the things that we communicate in this room, that you can leave this place and that they will find good soil in, into the hearts of, of your life, that, that you can raise up some crops and that you can see a harvest in, in each of your lives. And, that, and that's our hope. Um, so we're in a series right now. And, and what that means is simply this. A, a series is a collection of messages, several weeks worth of messages that we want to communicate uh, our hope for followers of Christ. So that's what this series is about. And a follower is someone who understands that they, they need God, and they're taking steps to look more like Christ. And so a, a follower is someone who understands they need God, and they're taking steps to look more like Him. And, and that can, can come any number of ways, right? From, from a life event, from, from some circumstances in your life, you, you figure, you know, there has to be a better way. There has to be something different, whether that's a, a loved one passed away in your life. Whether that's uh, your finances kind of hit the fan, if you will, or your marriage hits the fan or, or something you analyze in your life, this, this isn't enough. The way I'm operating, the way I'm going, this isn't a good direction. And, and what you find is that there's this God who is a missing piece to the puzzle, that when I insert Him, when I go His direction, when I follow Him, He kind of makes me complete. Followers understand I need God. And, and we're trying to help shape towards the direction of that. So we we have a collection of follower statements. And, And so everything that we do, every series that we do at Calvary, these statements find the life breath inside of that, of the overarching things that we do. And so what we think is there are kind of four ways that you want to kind of shape your heart, that a follower needs to kind of do these things, and you can kind of begin to take steps towards looking like Christ. And so Daniel started out this series with followers, and this is the most important step. Followers follow Jesus and in love. That's what we're talking about through the whole uh, concept of this series, throughout the whole thing, is that love is so critical, that we follow Jesus, that we go His direction. And you can follow Jesus, His teachings, and if you do, you can be a, a kind person, You can be considerate, but that's not the point, right? You can follow him and miss the whole purpose behind why he came. And if you do it all without love, it's worthless unless we love God, love others. We miss the point as to why Jesus came. So we look at all that Jesus did, how he loved, how he lived, how he helped, and we discover that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus gave his life to satisfy our debt. So that's, that's all that we're really requiring of you is what we're saying is just follow after him. If you'll give your life, if you'll lay it down, that's all you have to do. It's that simple. This is a rough crowd. This is going to be a long morning, folks. We're talking about money today. So uh, followers, the next step we talked about, followers serve God and others. We think at the core of who Jesus was, if you followed him around, if you look to how he he served others, he served everyone from the least to the lost, to the rich, to the you fill in, whatever it is, and Jesus was deliberate with how he served. And you can take that word serve and you could just insert love there. Jesus loved people and he showed up in how he treated them. He treats others as better than himself. So we serve in this place. We would ask you to help serve, because here's our hope, is that everybody who comes in here has the opportunity to bump into Jesus, His grace and truth, and watch it transform their life. And there's a lot of jobs and a lot of things that we need for for you to do to help us be able to do that well. So we'd love for you to serve and get plugged in here. But we also want you to serve your neighbors. So go home. And what what does that mean? Well, we just want you to love them, treat them as you would want to be treated. And that's how we, we serve them. We want you to serve your, your coworkers, and you're like, man, I don't even like my coworkers, and and I get it, I work with people, and uh, but we want to love everyone, the least, the lost, and, and we want to look like Christ. So we treat everyone as better than ourselves, and when we do that, when we sacrifice like Jesus, when we give away our desires and the things that we want in our life, when we lay our life down, we begin to look more and more like Christ. We take steps in His direction. And then this next week, Daniel's going to talk about followers share what they know. And I've kind of added this phrase on to the end of that. Followers share what they know to be true about Jesus. Because that's important. Because followers can share a lot about worship. They can share a lot about faith. They can share a lot about religion. But that's not important. The most important thing, if we boil it all down, is that we communicate to a lost and broken world the truth about who Jesus is. He's the most important thing. We're following after him. And that we give people an opportunity to bump into his grace and truth. And the truth is, is that Jesus sacrificed his life to satisfy our debt. And if we communicate that, that's good news. That's worth sharing. We give them an opportunity to believe it or not. It's not on you, whether or not your friends, your loved ones, your, your family, whatever it is, believes in Jesus. It's just on you to share what you know to be true about him. So Daniel will unpack that this week. And like I just said, I get followers gift and here's the deal Uh, You know, I think that today has the potential to get inside your heart to do some work in your life if you allow it to so we're going to dive right in We're going to go to acts chapter 2, which is the foundation of the church It's kind of the landscape of this is what this is how God designed the church to be and this was the launching point of the church so acts chapter 2 verse 44 and all the believers met together in one place Shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Acts 4.32 kind of goes on in, in a little bit more detail. It says all the believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their own. And so they shared everything they had. So a couple of things that I notice here is first that all the believers gathered into kind of one place. That's why, I mean, that's kind of where we get this idea. We're all going to come together and we're going to worship in one place. They were with one mind. They were united. They had the same purpose as to what they were doing. And they shared everything they had. Like, really? like They shared everything they had. I mean, what does that even mean? And, and here's what I think that means. They had a shift. They they changed their heart and began to go in a different direction. They they took a step towards Jesus. You see, followers recognize, they identify, I need God. I need Jesus. And they begin to take steps towards Him. And when we do that, we change aspects of our life. Large aspects of, of who we have been in the past. We change old habits and patterns and customs. And we insert new ones. And we take a step towards Him. And when we do, we look more like Christ. We plant new seeds in the soil of our heart to hopefully raise different crops. And when we discover is that while everything may not be roses, it may not be perfect, but I feel more at rest. I feel more at peace when I'm obedient to what God desires from my life. So these believers, the early church, they went in a different direction. They went Jesus's direction. They began to follow him. And when they did, they didn't care about their possessions. They looked at all their stuff as just that it's stuff, right? They shared everything. And the word that we would use for that at Calvary is that followers give sacrificially. They give sacrificially, uh, generously. And, and here's what happened. They saw themselves as managers. Or, or the biblical word for that would be a, a steward. Uh, they, they were just stewarding or, or leveraging God's money, God's possessions, God's property and belongings that God had entrusted to them. And the opposite of that would be uh, they saw their money, their possessions, and their belongings as my stuff for me. And so they just looked around to the people that, that had needs, and they helped. They shared. And you're thinking in your head, you know, I thought this was a giving sermon. You know, I could simply just write, you know, a number and, and put it in, and, and here's the deal. This is about your, your heart. That's what this whole series has been about, shaping up what we think it takes to follow Jesus well in love. And that has to do with our heart, right? Has to really do with with deep down in, in who we are and more so than our resources. You see, our heart determines the direction that we take our life. The resources are already God's. They're already his and so when we yield our desires and instead align them with what god says is right true and best Here's what happens. We can leverage the things that he has given us for his kingdom for his glory money land occupations power potential position all those things Become a resource that we can use for his glory. So ask yourself this all right What comes out of a person's heart that is being transformed by christ What comes out of a person's heart that is being transformed by Christ? And the answer hopefully would be Christ, right? And here's the deal. I hate this talk. You know why? I'm selfish. I'm selfish. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a sold out 100% believer. I believe that God Is who he says he is that he keeps his promises so much so that i've devoted my life to it I've sacrificed large amounts of time and 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 i'm i do it as my my job because I believe that he is true I've watched as god has changed my heart. He's he's done multiple things in my life And yet I look around at everything that I have and I think That's my stuff I have a a two cars. I have a four-bedroom home. I have everything that I have. It's mine it's my stuff. And when I go to the grocery store, I buy food for me. And something's wrong with us. Let me rephrase that. Something is wrong with me. I'm I'm selfish. And you can look all over scripture. You can look all over the Bible. And what Jesus says is, Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is, and you can go ahead and insert money there. It's not wise to like make jesus say things but i think it's fine to probably insert their money Uh, wherever your money is there the desires of your heart are also so he's not talking about your kids and you're like oh little johnny is my treasure that's not what he's talking about he's talking about open up your financial app whatever you use to track your resources and go ahead and look through the majority of your purchases and what you'll find is that's your passion that's your heart That's where the desire of your life is. And you can say this, see, I love that. I love this sport. I love this uh, activity. I love Johnny. I like Johnny. You see, he has all this stuff. You might even say, I love her this much. She gets this bucket of resources. You can tell because that's where I spend my finances. And so you could say it like this. The landscape of your finances, your resources are being leveraged to the degree of this is what I'm passionate about. This is where my heart is. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And I know that stings, and I'm right there with you. You know, money is a sensitive topic, but the good thing is, is I'm not saying anything this morning. This is all what God has to say. And so here's what God says next. God says his largest competition for your heart is money. It's not Satan. I mean, because honestly, that doesn't even really make sense. I don't think anybody is waking up tomorrow and going, like, should I serve God or Satan? I don't know. It's just such a difficult choice. Nobody is doing that. Nobody is waking up tomorrow and doing that. But several of us will wake up tomorrow, and with everything in us, we will suggest that I need more money. I need more finances. I need more resources, and I'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes And so I just think Jesus gave this talk about our treasure, our life, our hope in is to put our trust in him. And in the same message that Jesus gives this Sermon on the Mount, a while back, if you remember, I said that is a good collection of of scripture to memorize, the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew five through seven chapters. But he goes on to say in Matthew six no one can serve two masters. For you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And there it is. You might say, I, would, I will always follow Jesus. I'm always going to go his direction. Well, what about when life hits the fan? And she doesn't honor her commitments. He doesn't change when, when your kids need or, or the house has to get or the car needs. And, and when life begins to break down, what Jesus is saying is, is, here's what you value. You can either choose. You have a couple of choices. You can either choose me, God, or money. And that's, that's who you'll trust. You say, I need to hold on to this amount of money. You see, I'm kind of saving up this block of money just in case some, some things happen in this life. And God says that's indicative of the God you serve. Money is your God. If we hold on to Jesus, okay? He says, I'll give you whatever you need. I'll provide for you. I'll comfort you. I'll sustain you. I'll give you the manna in the wilderness. I, I'm enough. And listen. I'm not saying at all that savings is a bad idea. That's not what I'm I'm saying at all. I think savings is good. Savings is a a good idea. I am saying look at your heart behind why you're saving. And if you're saving because you think, oh man, this could be a bad season and I have all these things. And so I need to save up this many things so that I can provide for those sort of circumstances. Then it is possible that you believe money Can save you. And if you could read the the next collection of verses as a sentence, it it would kind of read like this Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who worships with how they give who sacrifices their resources, who who gives generously, who gives cheerfully. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. And that's the whole collection of this series, that to transform the heart, to kind of mold ourselves into who God says that we should be in the direction and the desire that God wants us to go. And this is where if you're like me, I've sat in rooms like this most of my life, and I've heard talks like this on multiple occasions. And, and here's what happens is whenever you begin to hear this sermon, you think, oh, this is for those people. And do you know who those people are? Anybody but me. This sermon is for everybody else. And, and so whenever I hear sermons like this, most of the time from my dad, uh, I give myself a pass on things like this. Because here's the deal. Uh, I chose to follow Jesus with my occupation, I sacrificed a job where I could have made X, Y, Z. I sacrificed my time. I've given, and so I already sacrificed the money for you, God. Right? But that's not how it works at all. And so we make excuses for why I do what I do. And, And you do the same thing. You might say, well, if they wouldn't have gotten cancer, then I would have had a lot more resources to do something different. If If he wouldn't have, if she would have been more, if the kids were in a different stage of life. With the stage of life where my kids are, it's just not good timing. If I didn't have to, in whatever the circumstances of your life are that you feel like you make excuses, you say, yeah, sure, I'd give more. If I had more, I'd be generous. And I can make excuses a mile long as to why my heart doesn't line up with what God says is right, true, And best, but he says this there's a better way. There's a better way. It is better to give than receive. It's better to be generous than greedy, selfless than selfish. It's better to be humble instead of hungry for more. Because our treasure, it shows us where our heart is. So the first reason uh, that we kind of give away as to why we're not following God's direction with our resources is we make excuses. And the second thing is that we just get mad. We get angry. And and I could see that some of you are upset this morning and you're angry with me. And that's, I'm fine with it. So far, I haven't said anything. Remember, it's all God who's the one doing this. So you can send your angry emails to him. It's God at dot. I don't know his email address, but I say fire away. It might do some good. It might be some good therapy. Just write the email and send. Um, But here's what you might be thinking, right? This could be going through your head. Who do you think you are? Who who do you think you are to suggest that my heart is all messed up because of where I put my money? You don't even, I've given to this foundation. I've donated here. I've plugged in with my time and my services. I've given, and God would say, I just want to see your heart. I just want to see your heart. And I can just say this, I agree. I I am right there with you. I hate this talk too, because it's convicting for me. It's convicting to say that I want to follow Jesus. And here's what I think we do on a regular basis. That sounds really good. And then we get up and we go out of here and we think, you know what, I could never share that. Social media, on my platforms with my friends, they just wouldn't get it. I I could never go that way you know, I love God. I, I really like the save from under destruction part. That that one's good, but I don't know. My time is valuable. So when it comes to serving, I, I can't really go all in. I could give this amount of money. I can love from afar, but but Jesus says there's a better way. There's a better way. My time, uh, it, it, I'm trying to, to follow him in everything that I do. I'm changing my character, my desires, my heart to fit in line with his. And, and here's Here's what Daniel says a lot, and this always cracks me up, uh, and he's not here this morning. He's not feeling well, and he's, so he's not even here, but it's, I'm still going to say it anyway. Uh, but Daniel always says this, all right? He says, I would never play the lottery. I would never play the lottery, but if I did, I would reverse tithe, which if you're new to church, uh, there's an Old Testament law that says that give 10% to God and the rest is yours. Whatever you earn, all that other stuff, give 10% to God. That's a, a tithe. And so what Daniel is saying is that I would reverse tithe if I won the, the lottery. And I know Daniel pretty well, all right? So here's how this would go. Daniel would never play the large stakes lottery, the kind that, like, it's a large risk, but you win more money. He would never do that, all right? He would, however, play a, a one that's more likely that he could potentially win. And so in Indiana, that's about $16 million right now. So if he reverse tithes, he's going to give 90% to God, and he's going to keep 10% for himself. But after the math and the taxes, which he always does, this is how the conversation goes. After math and taxes, this is about how much you would earn. And so he would take home $800,000. And that just, that's not a lot of money anymore, right? I mean, if you win the lottery. And so here's what happens. You possibly do this too. We begin to bargain with God, right? And so you say this, God, if, if I could just not get caught this time, if if you can maybe move some stuff around, and, and you kind of dot that I, I'll cross the T, and, and we kind of, we begin to bargain with God, and we say, how about 50-50 split? Because that's still generous, right? If I give 50 of the lottery away, and I keep 50, that's still generous, but what we find out, and I'm inserting myself into the story now, is that's not enough. That's not enough either, so I'm going to start to take back more and more, and, and, and I heard a sermon from Andy Stanley that that said this one, and this, this was pretty good. It's like, let's say that you can hear the audible voice of God, right? You, you can hear him. He, he's speaking to you, talking to you, and, and here's what he says. How much money would I have to give you before you would give me $100,000? How, how much money? It, that, that hits hard, right? So, so ask yourself, what, what's your number? What would God have to provide you with before you would say, I will give you a dollars 30, 15,000, whatever it is. And, and if you analyze my giving to God, I think what you would find is this I give just enough. I give just enough. For what? To, to qualify for that like 10% thing. That, that's kind of how I give just enough. And in the two, New Testament, Jesus kind of changes everything, says all those old laws, all those old things, and he kind of changes the landscape. He becomes relevant. And modern. And uh, he says this about your giving, that, that we should give out of the overflow of what God's doing in the midst of our life. Give out of the overflow of your heart of, of the love and, and the, the things that I'm stirring up in you as you serve, as you grow, as you love, and watch. And the amazing thing is, here's the amazing thing, as God grabs hold of your heart, your treasure will change. And what you do with your resources, your heart will shift and money will be available to be leveraged by God. His resources and how you serve his kingdom will change. So we've been looking all through uh, the book of Corinthians, talking about the body of Christ. And I think I'm a nostril, I'm not sure, but in the body of of Christ. I don't know if you look at yourself and think, I wonder what I am, but pretty sure it's like something like that. And, And here's the deal is God wants to utilize the church for his kingdom, the body of Christ. And and God says, you know, if you don't, the rocks and trees are kind of the fallback strategy, uh, but, but he wants to utilize you and me. And when we come together, when we're unified with one heart, one mind, we sim, swim differently than culture does. And I believe that God keeps his promises. I do. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says this. Remember this, a, a farmer, and he And Paul's talking about when Jesus gave a parable, all right? Parable is a story that communicates a point. He says this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. And that makes sense to us. But uh, one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And that too makes sense. I I plant a thousand seeds, thousands of seeds. I'm going to get a richer harvest. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, who worships with how they give. So, how many seeds do you have? You might ask yourself that question. And some of us would say, Not many, not many, but God has given different gifts to the body, and some He's given an abundance of crops. And a lot of us who have few resources would look at them and say, You know, that's not fair. I work just as hard. I do, I work better. I work harder. And yet God has given to some of us the ability to be humble. Humble with our business deals. Humble with with our earnings. Humble with how much we've given. There's some people who just give out of the overflow of their heart. To some, he's blessed them with contentment. To be happy in this season of life or in every season. To be satisfied. Regardless, we're one body. With one truth. With one hope. To, to help a broken people find and follow Jesus. And oftentimes we kind of just say, you know, there you go, God. What, is that not enough? And we kind of scatter a few more seeds. And, and what God is saying is if you'll look at the bucket differently, what you find is that all the resources are mine. And if you'll change your heart, what you find is you can leverage them for my glory, for my purpose. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this, if I gave everything I have to the poor, if I even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So I'm more concerned about your love, not our finances. Because if I'm honest, man, Calvary is blessed. We're a blessed people by by the people who who come and give in this place. We're we're blessed and You know, it's above my pay grade to decide what sacrificial or generous is for you and you're probably thankful for that Uh, but We are blessed and we have a, a pretty ambitious budget for this next year, but here's the deal We're leaning into god. We're trusting him to to keep his promise and our hope is this is that you'll share what you know to be true about Jesus and watch us as, as loved ones and neighbors and coworkers and friends and family member come to know the precious Jesus as Lord, that we have a rich harvest. And here's the deal: this morning I could easily challenge you to plant a generous giving tree. And, and we do it a lot around here. We challenge you to climb a giving ladder. You're not giving any, then this morning give some. You're giving some, then try tithing. If you're tithing, then try to give from the overflow of what God is doing in your heart. And I would say that's all true this morning. Open up and just worship God with how you give your resources. You know, but, but here's the deal. You could give everything. You could go home and sell the farm. You could sell all the resources. You could sell it all. And if there's no heart behind it, it's worthless. It means nothing. Nothing. So the Monday morning application, this is, how can you process this? How can you unpack this right now? Here's the hope. Could you ask God to move your heart needle? And here's the the hope. Could you look to a class of people this week you don't normally associate with and do something generous for them this week? Could you look to a class of people that you don't normally associate with and do something generous for them? And again, most people will think the wealthy need to do something generous for the poor, but that's not what I said. It's not what I said. So if you consider yourself poor, could you do something generous for the wealthy this week? And here's my prayer. This is my prayer this week, is that you gain everything that God wants for you by giving generously with God's resources that he's blessed you with. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. You own everything that I have. You are a good God who wants good for his people. So my hope, Lord, is that this morning that you would grab hold of my heart. You would grab hold of my resources. That I could change and take a step in your direction. And watch as you monumentally shift everything in my life. You transform my life and my desires become your desires. My hopes become your hopes. My treasures are your treasures. Lord, will you change me? Or we love you, we thank you for your son, and it's in his name that we pray.